Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hiring Success Podcast. I'm your host for the day, Roy Ballady. I'm the head of communications at Smart Recruiters. And my guest today is Jerry Crispin. Jerry needs no introduction if you've been in the talent acquisition space. And uh, I'll let Jerry say a few words about himself. And the topic of the day is a new initiative called Recruiters Recruiting Recruiters. Jerry, over to you. Yeah, um, I'm really excited by this. And, um, you know, I've, I've been a, a lifelong student of recruiting for <laughs> a lifetime. That's why I get to say that. I, this last year, so one year ago, about this time, I graduated from college 50 years ago. So that's a, that's a long time. And to be honest with you, I have been in recruiting almost the entire 50 years, one way or the other. One studying at the graduate level. Um, and then a series of uh, companies that I've really loved being with. Um, but I've always been um, really passionate about recruiting as a profession. And, um, you know, I, I am very fortunate in being able to do the things that I love to do. And, and mainly, I nurture a community of TA leaders uh, in very large companies that collectively probably hire about 3 million people a year. Yeah, when I look at the, uh, the people that you talk to and then the insights that you get on a daily, weekly basis and then the insight that you're able to generate from global head of TA to global head of TA, uh, it's really inspiring. And I don't know, I can't think of anybody who has this vantage point like well, you do. I think, I think part of it is simply that, you know, we, we all have choices as we mature uh, to surround ourselves with people who are brighter, smarter, <laughs> uh, but but also caring. And the more, the older I've gotten, the more I realize that uh, the brightest folks in the world also need to be willing to share. Otherwise, we don't derive much insights from that. So, so I've always been looking for uh, recruiting leaders at various stages in their careers who have a passion, not for their own ego, but for just sharing the, the joy of what they're doing. And I think that's, uh, that's really the difference. And for me, it, it sustains me. So it's why I still haven't retired. <laughs> now, we are in an unprecedented time. What I want to dive into most here is this current climate. How do you perceive it? Well, taking it piece by piece, um, mm -hmm. I think that the current situation conceivably is really out of anybody's experience, be, you know, unless you, unless you can re remember and um, participated in some way, shape and form in the depression. Mm. Um, now that might, that might not be totally true if, if um, uh, everything turns out really well, we, we, we get everything going quickly. And uh, by the middle of the summer, it's, uh, it's behind, you know, behind us. But I don't think that's going to happen. I do think that this experience literally will change uh, the point of view of an entire generation or two. Those who, came, who experienced the, the, um, the Depression came out through World War II, but they also had an extraordinary impact on all of their progeny as well. Mm. And I'm, I'm pretty convinced that uh, the young people experiencing this are already 
changing the way in which they weight how they'll make choices in jobs, careers, and life uh, from this point on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we haven't begun to think how deeply that will impact how we have to change our employer brand, our organizational mm-hmm. structures, our, um, our approach and style of leadership. Um, literally everything will, will shift and perhaps even our businesses will, will be impacted in, in what we do uh, differently than what we did before. What does the situation look like from your vantage point today? What are heads of talent acquisition telling you what sure. is going on right now? I think you have um, um, a hugely diverse set of companies out there. There's millions of them, obviously. And uh, especially small and medium-sized companies are probably experiencing the most pain. They may or may not be uh, keeping their HR and or recruiters, depending upon their size and and the importance of what they're doing, whether they're essential workers or, or not. Mm-hmm. But, but, they're, but I think they they are exhibiting the highest level of stress because they have the least resource internally and externally to draw on. Mm. So, you know, it's a lot easier if you've been around a while and you're in a large company and you've got others who are peers and colleagues that you can work with. But um, I belong to the New Jersey uh, State Council of SHRM, Mm -hmm. which is meeting now every, uh, almost every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of the members, maybe 25 to 30 members, mm-hmm. uh, are small and medium-sized HR professionals. And you can just see uh, the pain mm-hmm. uh, that they're going through. And some of them, a small number right now, uh, have been furloughed or laid off. So there's, there's that piece of it, okay? And then, mm-hmm. there's, then there are organizations that are furloughing numbers beyond anything they could possibly imagine and doing it in a short period of time, like, um, like Hilton, you know, laying off a hundred thousand workers on a global basis. Mm. That, you know, that's beyond a little bit of pain. Yeah. That requires a level of commitment and leadership and focus if you're going to survive it. Yeah. And, and those leaders are doing that. They're clear because one of the one of the inspirations really was um, Sarah at Hilton, yeah, who who was so adamant about the fact that if she's furloughing a hundred thousand workers and she wants them back, yes, she's going to pay attention to how they are treated, even though they no longer are working for the company. Does this message make it to the end employee? I think, I think it does. I think, I think that, you know, she's reflecting people around her as well as her own value system. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that that tone, that humility of, you know, I, I care about, you know, what's going on with you and I'm mm-hmm. going to do things that I, you know, we have not done and I will step up mm-hmm. to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe 
that comes across. I see okay. that in the conversations that I've had with Jeff Lackey at CBS, yeah. with Marie Artem at uh, Enterprise. Um, as far as I'm concerned, these are my heroes. They, yeah. they have an opportunity to step up. What does it look like when you step up? Well, today, you, 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 start, you start offering suggestions <laughs> that your um, peers and colleagues, bosses and subordinates may not have heard. You start listening yeah. at every level um, and not only adopting quickly uh, ideas that have merit in your eyes, but you're crediting people, uh, whoever they are, uh, for those things. Mm. And and keep in mind that that many of the decisions that were made were made in in hours and days, yeah, not weeks and months. Yeah. So so we're we're talking about the impact on people's lives that have to be you know you're you're making decisions so quickly because you believe that the risk of waiting is a problem the risk yeah. of, uh, of of doing something that looks a little bit less <laughs> risky now um uh, is is you know, overcome with the opportunity for for um, reward for engaging those folks for making sure that they can move more quickly. Um, when I when I look at what uh, Jeff did to um, eliminate many of the barriers of someone moving from one company to another, so that so that they could actually walk across the <laughs> the corporate road, if you will. Uh, from one partner into uh, his effort to surge higher for fifty thousand, mm -hmm. and who's Jeff? But, but I'm that was uh, Je uh, Jeff Lackey at CBS. Okay, but but Walmart's been doing that. Mm -hmm. um, lots of supermarkets have been doing that. There's some extraordinary work uh, that we're going to hear. Actually, we're going to hear tonight from um, David uh, Crawford at um, New York Presbyterian, who's been in New York City. And at the center of all of those issues, oh my God. That you can yes. imagine in New York, he he had a plane load of nurses and doctors uh, fly in from Utah from Intermountain yeah. Hospital just to go to work in his place. A hundred plus people. Mm -hmm. He had a hundred um, army doctors working mm -hmm. in New York Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. Think about the think about the backstory of how that gets hired. Think mm. about think about needing laundry people in a hospital system mm. that's loaded with hundreds and hundreds of people who have COVID, and mm. and laundry becomes really really important. Yes, <laughs> and and what that means in terms of those people who choose to go do that, and the pressures that many are under. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of people stepping up going, this is the risk. This is the reality. These are the, uh, this is the authenticity, if you will, of a truly transparent um, uh, hiring system mm -hmm. uh, and a work and, you know, work environment where people really get to choose those kinds of things. And to me, that's, 
that's the extraordinary environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, to some degree, uh, there's an awful lot of people out there that are experiencing pieces of this. And, and all we can do is say, look, what can we do to help? You know, I'm not there. I'm not certainly working in a hospital. Yeah. I'm not working in some of the, the large companies impacting that. But I think that we all um, owe ourselves to ask, is there something that we can do with the contacts, the knowledge, the experience that we have? And I think out of that comes a whole bunch of in different inspirations. And I think ours is just one of those. But I'm, I'm pleased that. that we can do it, you know? Well, so I got, I've known you for whew, almost a decade. Yep. And uh, our last conversation, actually, like the last super meaningful one, was when you invited me to join uh, a consortium that you've been putting together of uh, heads of talent acquisition. A lot of the people that you were just mentioning uh, yep. are, were on this call. Yes. Uh, and global brands. Exactly. And uh, HR tech vendors all across from that smart recruiters to ISM. four mm-hmm. or five weeks ago at most. Yeah, less than that. Right. Less than right. that. And, and the, the intent that Chris and I had, and again, it was inspired by the fact that we knew that hundreds of thousands of our members, employees were being let, were about to be let off. Let go. To bring a bit more context, Chris, we're talking about Chris Hoyt. Chris Hoyt. Uh, our, we're talking about Career Crossroads. Yeah. And that is, yeah, right. And that's, that's uh, um, an organization created by Chris and Jerry. Right. Um, well, it's, you- it's run by Chris and Jerry. Actually, Chris, Chris gets to do most of it. I'm one of those folks that I like to just be able to do the things I like to do. But, yeah. but Chris is doing an uh, you know, incredible job with it. I founded the company... 25 years ago this year with um, um, a guy named Mark Mailer mm-hmm. who retired about five or six years ago and Chris became my partner mm-hmm. about five or six years ago and we have about 140 companies all of them relatively large whose commitment is to one another so the platform mm-hmm. is a community platform and I interview them around the issue of whether or not they're willing to share um, and, and whether they're capable of caring for one another's success as much as their own. I like that uh, these are the interview criteria. That is my interview criteria. I, I want to know that they, they have some critical thinking skills. Um, I want to know that they're in, you know, that they have a, a breadth in terms of TA uh, that challenges, and I don't care what their title is. I'm interested in the leaders of the company and uh, or TA leaders and their teams, um, as far down as they can, you know, represent the company. So it's fun. So that's my that's my you know community that yes. I've aspired to build for almost 20 years now. Yes. And there are a lot of extraordinary people um, in that community, a couple thousand really. And, um, and they were saying, here's, here's the pain that we're about to go through. And what, what it occurred to me is they were helping each other, mm-hmm. but that's, that is so um, inefficient in some ways, right? Okay. Especially if you don't have the resources, because yeah. you're, you're, you're spending huge amounts of time with 
building partnerships, even though it is direct to direct. So that's great. So I'm thinking, and Chris is thinking, what if technology was able to en enable a better communication between those being furloughed and those who need to hire? Before we go further into that, because that is yeah. a solution, I think one of the instances that you were mentioning were the partnership between CVS and Hilton, right? Yes, yes, that was already beginning to happen. Tell me about, tell us about that and what's good about it, what is inefficient about it, and what are you doing today in order to scale that so that you can have a meaningful impact on... Yeah, uh, well, I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not doing anything. But um, you're bringing people together. We had, we actually had, um, Hilton uh, gave a case study today to 50 of our members mm -hmm. on how that occurred. And mm -hmm. so did CVS. Mm -hmm. So my objective in life is that people should be able to share if they're doing good work. Yeah. And if they're not and are open to it, they should be able to share. These are the landmines I stepped on. This is not what's not working. Yes. So in, in the case of, of Hilton, they, um, they started building partnerships um, with supermarkets and other folks, including CVS. Hilton, a hotel Hilton, company. Hotel company that would help their furloughed workers find work, but doing it kind of directly. What yeah. CVS was able to do that made them become, uh, as described today, one of the prime partners for Hilton, mm -hmm. was CVS, Jeff was able to work with his lawyers and his his senior um, business leaders, et cetera, to reduce the amount of bureaucracy, if you will, that involves somebody being hired. If you're hiring somebody out of nowhere, you think of background checks, drug checks, any number of different kinds of things. Yes. Uh, the number of people that you have to talk to, the number yes. of people that get, you know, you know all this stuff, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. In this case, what we're saying is Hilton has good people that have been hired, uh, screened, selected, background checked, drug checked, you know, all of those They've things done have been done and trained, and yes. they have a customer reputation for their, the skills that they have. So yes. they just started walking people who want to do this right over to CVS if they wanted to do it. And to do that, they both built um, pages on their website that allowed for more information and more uh, content to mm -hmm. be translated with mm -hmm. permission from Hilton to CVS and back, etc. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, you know, there's a there's a there's a common um, agreement between the two companies that I want these people back. <laughs> And the other, yeah. the other side is going, well, I'm doing surge hiring. I don't, <clears throat> I don't expect I can keep all of these people anyway. And I'm happy to walk them back. And maybe a couple of them want to stay. But the mm -hmm. point is, we're good with all of that. We're happy to work that out. And so that was happening. Now, here's the point. Yeah. Hilton can't have all of their workers move over to CVS because that's, that's like a one partner deal. That ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So they have dozens and dozens of partners. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or hopefully all of them taking some. And at the same time, they're not going to, uh, CVS is not going to fill all of their mean uh, yeah. opinions. I mean, uh, their jobs 
with one company. And so they have 50, 70 different partners. And yes. that takes a lot of resources. Not everybody has the resources to set all these things up. It's a lot of conversations, a lot of website pages, yeah. a lot of stuff that has to get done yeah. quickly and immediately. And, and from a technology point of view, I will bet you that of the 50 different partners that mm. let's say Hilton has, mm -hmm. 40 of them have a different ATS, CRM, um, um, enterprise-wide, whatever. And fundamentally, the, the way in which they're talking to each other, each requires lots of extra effort. Mm -hmm. And so, so basically we said, what if, what if we could bring some technology folks together and have a conversation, but the main part of the conversation is having the, the uh, members who are most concerned about this issue mm -hmm. talk about what good looks like. What would a... go further, yep. I just wanted to bring an interlude to one of the comments that you made earlier that these some of these people are your hero. So yes. They're your heroes. Oh, and, and so what are they doing at that top level to protect that 100,000 employees that have to be furloughed in a matter of days, not in a matter of months. This is a very concrete example of what Hilton is doing, what CVS is doing in order to support and others, people. You know, many others. Oftentimes, no, is, no, this is for anyone who's like listening, who may no, not for like- For anyone who's listening, you, need, you, know. you gotta take risks in your job to step yeah. up and say, I care about the people that we're going to lose or yes. about our ability to hire in the time frame you ask for. Exactly. Without the resources to be able to get it done and done well. Yeah. And to treat people in a way that respects them as individuals. Because if we want them back, we need to stay in touch with them. I want to be able to repurpose my recruiters to be able to communicate with people that aren't working for us. Yes, yes, we need, yes. We need new resources. These are new ideas. This is innovative stuff. And I need, I need you, let's say the C-level, to trust that I can go do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll stake my reputation on it. I'll stake my you know, job on it. Yeah. That's the kind of attitude that says, I'm committed to this mission that you've described, let's say you're the CEO who said, you know, we care about doing this well. We want to protect our employees as much as possible. And, and we had, I mean, we had people who are involved in our conversation who won't have to furlough workers for two, three, four months, who because were that concerned about what happens at the end of this. So, uh, yeah. so, so, to me, the kind of TA leaders that's, that um, stand up to their bosses and say, this is what you've articulated about our company and our values, I want to walk that talk. Mm -hmm. and, and that means we get to do these things. And that takes, that takes um, a little bit of guts, in my opinion, and that's why they become, you know, leaders in my 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 sense uh, that goes well beyond uh, what's expected usually. So now taking this back to what where the point you were getting at. Um, so you brought all these technologies together. 
and all these leaders together. Yeah, and you know, I, I didn't expect that much. Uh, the conversation was a good one. It was clear as to what a solution would be. There would be an advantage if all of technologies could have said, yeah, well, we will, <laughs> we'll all agree on a common database. <laughs> yeah. For all of our clients across all these different technologies. What each technology was doing though, was not bad. It was that we've, we've been thinking about this. We have ideas that we are almost ready to, you know, announce mm -hmm. um, that take care of all or part of it. Some folks were focused on hospitality. Others were focused on all of the stuff. And so there's, there's some great models that have come out in the last four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and basically we've made a directory of about 25 or 30 of them, writing them up, providing um, links to, you know, Accenture and Canada ID and Intello and Phenom and great people and any, and I, you know, ISIMs in lots of different places. Yeah. I think they, it represents the technology um, sector of HR and TA caring about their client base yes. and working hard to try and build that. And, you know, smart recruiters is among them. But, but the problem with that is that now each employer that has the challenge of surge hiring and or furloughing mm -hmm. has to decide on what combination of technology they're going to use as partners in this, just like they have to decide on their tech stack. Yep. And it's a combination of a lot of different things. So yes. it is what it is. But the, to me, the exciting thing is that several of the technology companies, yourself included, um, basically said, we're willing to work together and we'll drop our egos a little bit and drop our competitive juices a little bit to help each other and, and learn from each other how we could do maybe a different kind of piece to that, a different kind of platform that might help one part of this. And so we settled on recruiters because that's what we do. TA, yeah. we know it best. Yeah. And so how can we create a platform that would be really good for recruiters to be able to help each other? Mm -hmm. And in doing that, um, again, um, the large company, the TA leaders that I said I, you know, I'm very, uh, I admire enormously, they're the ones, I mean, I've always been a, a passionate, crazy person about candidate experience, yeah. but they're the ones that articulated pretty much, I don't want um, just another platform. I want, mm -hmm. I don't care how many jobs it's got. I want it to treat my recruiters who I have to furlough if I have to furlough them yeah. properly. Mm -hmm. And and there was a good deal of discussion over what that means. And we know we had to simplify it. And there's a lot of issues around that from a candidate experience. So we settled on three things. One is that the, the candidates that touch you, either because they're applying to jobs through our platform or they're being contacted by recruiters from the platform, 
there's a need to set expectations about what comes next. Yeah. There's an expectation. There's a, there's a need to deliver on the expectations that you do set mm -hmm. and no black hole, no black hole, no black hole. So, so that's, that was, uh, agreed upon. Turn it to the code. That of we would have a code of conduct mm -hmm. that would have those three things embedded in it. And then the issue is, okay, how do we know? Well, we, we asked the candidates, who yeah. have you, uh, who's touched you, who have you touched, and did these three things happen? Mm -hmm. And so we figured out a way to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And then we said, okay, well, what, do we, what does that mean? And, you know, from a net promoter score, we can, we can array a, if you will, a graph for each company. Yeah. That allows us to see whether or not that's being done. Mm -hmm. And if it's not being done, then you know what? I expect it to be a small number. If it's, if it's not, that's a different issue. Yes, but I'm, yes. I'm expecting it's going to be a small number. And uh, if it's a small number, I can call them. We can, we can find out if that's a problem. And we can say, you can do better than that. Do you agree to do better than that? <laughs> Mm -hmm. And if not, um, or if it's repetitive, then we can, we can say, hey, you know, you need to try and do solve your problems a different way. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. We, yeah. we're, in a, we're in a position where we've got 250 pre-approved companies. Mm -hmm. It's recruiters, recruiting, recruiters. And I say that slowly because <laughs> if I tried to say fast, I wouldn't get it right. It's recruiters, so, recruiting recruiters. Yeah, .com. And so people can go there. And here's what I hope happens, right? I hope that from the employer point of view, they can say, oh, I get jobs. And I'm not one of the pre-approved companies. And it'll say, okay, well, fill this little form out and you'll be approved if you agree <laughs> <laughs> to the code of conduct. Absolutely. And I'll get a note that says they've agreed to the code of conduct. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, cool, then you're approved. And then, then um, what we'll know is to scrape their website and filter the recruiting jobs mm -hmm. uh, twice a day. Mm -hmm. And that way it'll be current. And recruiters who are looking for jobs could apply. So that's mm -hmm. one side. It could also be that their recruiters, so the companies who are approved, their recruiters might want to go into uh, the website and be able to search for recruiters who have left a profile and said, hey, you know, recruit me. Yes. And so that can happen. And from a candidate point of view, the candidates who are recruiters can, if they choose, have a profile that's robust enough so that somebody could check into that and say, Hey, I'd like to know more about your interest on this particular job that we have. Mm -hmm. um, or they could look for jobs as they would in a job board yes. and apply. And when they do, they're going basically directly back to the company. Mm -hmm. So there, it's not like we're trying to capture all the data because God bless. We put this thing together very quickly. 
Um, and so, so that's essentially what needs to happen. Um, at some point, the recruiters who are candidates will be asked, so who did you apply to? Who uh, yes. talked to you? And we'll get some information about how, how well they were treated. We will also, hopefully, be able to provide both the recruiters doing the recruiting and the recruiters looking for jobs with a little bit of a forum where, from a community point of view, which is very yeah. important to me, yeah, they're able to talk to one another. Mm-hmm. And that way they can say, hey, this is working for me, or this is working fine. I haven't gotten anything from this, but here's a couple other places that I saw in the directory, and I've tried them out, and this one's working really well. I got a couple good possibilities from mm-hmm. that, um, or whatever. Or I didn't get much from that. Yes. So a little bit of crowdsourcing about what kinds of things are working for me out there. My hope is that the recruiters themselves who become candidates and the recruiters who are using the tools um, will feel that, you know, this is the kind of model that goes a little bit beyond a job board. Yes. Because it also, it also focuses a little bit more on how we engage each other as a community. We are part of the same profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should be, tr- and you know something, if anybody should be treating each other well, it's ourselves. So yeah. I'm, I am hopeful that it will um, inspire some of the job boards to think a little bit more about the kind of standards uh, for they, minimal behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, if it does that, I will be absolutely thrilled. The best thing that could happen to what we're doing is that somebody copies us and one ups us and challenges us, um, uh, for doing even more. Jerry, thank you so much. This is, this was fun. This was instructive. This was beyond that because it's, uh, coming out of this episode, anybody can come and listen to this and walk away with a destination called recruiters, 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 recruiters. recruiters. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. Gotcha. Have you been searching for the best way to run your talent function? Then look no further than our newly released hiring success masterclass. This six-hour class is designed and taught by global TA experts and delivers the building blocks for talent acquisition transformation. Once registered, follow the class at your own convenience. You'll receive one lesson per week via email. Complete the full class to become a Hiring Success Certified Expert. With each completed lesson, you are also eligible for one SHRM and HRCI credit. For more details, visit HiringSuccess.com slash masterclass. Once again, that's HiringSuccess.com forward slash masterclass.